0: Hey, how's it going out there everybody welcome to the drum shuffle podcast Jamie Eads joining you as I do each and every week this is episode 130 130 episodes down I hope everybody's having a fantastic week out there we're having a great week over here as always. Lots of good stuff going on right now. Uh, I got a little studio time coming up for myself, starting to book some gigs, some festivals for uh, late summer, early fall. Live music is starting uh, slowly to make a comeback here in my neck of the woods. I hope that's the same for you wherever you're at. Make sure you go see a live show before it all goes away. That is our mantra for the year of 2021 here at the Drum Shuffle Podcast. Go see a live show. Before you can't. Uh, It's really important. Uh, Guys and girls, we have a fantastic episode for you today. I'm going to be joined by the wonderful, the marvelous, the great Jeff Fab from Black Label Society. Right after this message from our sponsor, Los Cabos Drumsticks. The best kept secret for drummers is finally out. Los Cabos Drumsticks may look like the sticks you grew up with, but these are not your father's drumsticks. Los Cabos Drumsticks is Canada's number one drumstick brand and they are coming to a retailer near you. With operations in over 28 countries worldwide, thousands of drummers have already discovered the Los Cabos difference. Using FSC certified wood from Canada and the U.S., Los Cabos make the finest quality drumsticks, percussion tools, and accessories on the market. The best news, Los Cabos Drumsticks offers you a ton of choice. They have 22 individual drumstick models and 14 percussion tools, many of which are available in three different wood types, maple, white hickory, and red hickory. Red hickory comes from the center, or heart, of the hickory tree, and has been independently proven to be both stronger and more elastic than white hickory without adding a lot of weight. While most drumstick manufacturers have shunned red hickory, Los Cabos Drumsticks has embraced it, becoming the only established stick brand in the world to offer a full line of red hickory drumsticks. To learn more about Los Cabos Drumsticks, visit them online at loscabosdrumsticks.com, Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and don't forget to ask for Lost Cabos Drumsticks at your favorite retailer. Dare to be different. Join the Red Hickory Revolution with Lost Cabos Drumsticks. All right, guys and girls, as I mentioned before the break there, we're joined today by the great Jeff Fab from Black Label Society. And, you know, I got to tell you, um, Jeff is, uh, you know, the quintessential Long Islander, Uh, just a super nice guy. And I will say this, you know, doing this show and, and being in the music industry for as long as I have been, You know, I've met some really big rock stars, um, and you always know that they're really big rock stars. If you met Jeff Fab tomorrow in a McDonald's, you would not know that this cat is a rock star. He is one of the most humble guys uh, that you will ever meet. His humility is real, just a super nice guy, an awesome hang. Um, and just very thankful for where he's at. And he has had just such a great career. He's played in a lot of different great bands. And we cover all that. This is a pretty wide ranging uh, interview. And I know you're going to get a lot out of it. Uh, but, you know, he's been in Black Label Society now since 2013, I want to say, and and did some fill in work prior to that uh, with Zach Wilde in the band. So I know you're going to get a lot out of this. Please help me welcome to the drum shuffle, Jeff Fab. Jeff Fab, how are you, brother? Welcome to the Drum Shuffle.
1: Oh, I'm stoked, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, thanks
0: for taking time to do it. Uh, We we really appreciate it. So uh, how are things uh, up there on the the magnificent Long Island? Uh, Weather good? Springtime?
1: Well, now, yes, now it's all nice and beautiful and warm. We had a cold winter. We had had like eight or nine snowstorms. Wow! So man. It was yeah, yeah. It was cold. Well, it you was just, cold, and, and
0: you get the global pandemic and the blizzards. That's fanta- fantastic, right?
1: Uh, yes, yes. So you're wearing <laughs> the mask and you're freezing at the same time. <laughs> That's so funny,
0: man. <laughs> so funny. Well, so oh man. So, um, you know, I, I know we've got a lot to get to uh, in, in our time yeah. together here, but l- let's do this. You know, you've been gotcha. playing now with with Zach and Black Label Society since like 2013. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people know a lot of that stuff. Like there's a lot of fans of, of Zach and Black Label Society and, and what you guys are doing but, you know, as is our tradition here on the drum shuffle, let's go all the way back to the to to the young Jeff Fab growing up on Long right. Island. OK, um, OK, you, you started playing what around 10 or 11 years old, something like that.
1: Yeah, it was about 11 years old, I think, I think when I when I actually, it was 11 when my mom finally caved and got me a drum (laughs) kit. But I, I, I was like playing on my friends. you know, I had friends in school that had drums, you know, and I'd be over at their house sitting on their drums all the whole time when I went over their house to hang out with them. And you know, it took a little bit, but then finally my mom, you know, she got me a drum kit. And I think it was about 11 years old when I got that drum kit.
0: I got you. Now, do you, do you come from a musical family?
1: Um, not, it, not really. You know, I mean, kind of. I mean, my sister did play a little organ, so we had an organ in the basement, you know. And um, there was a guitar hanging around. I don't know whose that was. It was one of my family members through the years. It was one of those harmony if, I don't know if you remember oh, yeah, those, those yeah. harmony, you remember those, those harmony acoustics? Yeah. And uh, that was hanging around, but yeah, not, you know, not, not crazy musical, you know, but there was some instruments hanging around and, and, um, you know, I just, I loved music from an early age and then when, when MTV hit, you know, for all of us, it was like, then it was just like, that's when it just really exploded and I just... I was, I was like enamored with that. <clears throat> we didn't even have, we didn't even have cable at our house. And I remember my neighbors had it and I would always go over there and I'd be <laughs> watching MTV the whole time at their house. <laughs> and Oh man. Yeah. It was, it was awesome.
0: I got you. What were the, you know, who were some of the first, um, I, I guess uh, heroes for you? Like, like, re- did you grow up being, you know, a hard rock guy or was it just, you know, whatever was popular at the time you know what, what well, were some of those all, seminal like for, acts? I guess.
1: Oh, okay, Yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess for me, it was like it was obviously like Bonham because you know I, lo- I you know, we had re- we had a few records in the house too when I was growing up. We had like some Zeppelin records. We had some Black Sabbath. We had some Van Halen. So it was pretty much like Alex Van Halen. It was Bill Ward. It was it was. Um, it was tommy lee you know what i mean it yeah. was uh it was nico mcbrain it was you know that's what it was when i you know at first i got you, you. know yeah for the sure. beginnings it was it was all it was that it was and then you know obviously it grew from there yeah. you know but grow you know growing up you know for us i mean i you know for me, you know i don't know how you know how old you are but for me it was it was it was, it was growing up it was like fans You know, it was bands and band guys.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I
1: mean, I You know what I'm saying, dude? Like, it was like the drummer from this band or the guitar player from that band, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's
1: how it, you know. So, but those were like the first guys for me, for sure.
0: Well, I mean, I I think we're pretty close in age. I'm not exactly sure, and and I, I never ask a you know a, a a lady to share her age, so you know. But
1: um, I'm a hundred and five.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, I feel that way every day, you know. But,
1: but <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean,
0: I think we're. So from, be too, man. I, I think we're from the same era, and it was it, it was different. Like you know, I started playing. I think I was 12 when I got my first kit. And, you know, Mm -hmm. this was the, the, you know, the late eighties and the popular stuff of the day was, you know, like you said, it was Motley Crue, it was Bon Jovi, it was, uh, you know, it was all the hard rock stuff and it was everywhere, you know, so you you really couldn't escape it. Um, now when you got your first kit, did you take formal lessons or are you a self-taught cat?
1: I was self-taught. And then I took lessons from a guy named Mark LaRosa out here on the Eastern End. <clears throat> and he, what was cool about him was he, he was a guitar player, gave guitar lessons and drum lessons, you know, and bass lessons. But he would come over with his guitar ah. and, jam with, and jam with you. Yeah. So instead, And it was really, to me, I'm so glad I was, that I learned that way because I immediately just learned how to play with somebody. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so yeah. I didn't necessarily, you know, I did, I learned more from him that way, I guess is what I'm saying. I didn't really, you know, I need, you know, you know, we, I knew kind of paradiddles. I knew those kind of things. And, you know, in all honesty, when I was young, I didn't really want to practice that stuff. I wanted to play along to like records and, you know, that do that kind of thing. Sure. So, did, um, did you,
0: um, it, you know, and I think it's a geography thing, too, but did you do any of the, you know, school-sponsored stuff, like, you know, pep band, jazz band, marching band,
1: any no, of those kind of things? No, I didn't things? do any of that. You know what? It's, it's so, it's, it's kind of funny. I never did any of that, but I did have my, I had bands in high school. Okay. So, like, we had, like, I had bands that we would always play at the variety show, I, you know, those variety shows. I'm sure your school, your high school I had those, too. Sure we were always playing at those things and playing at like battle of the bands at the fest, like the strawberry festivals that happened out here and things like that. But I was never in like high school band or anything like that.
0: I gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. So, you know, I, and I know that, you know, shortly after you graduated high school, you made the move out West, but you know, I don't want to skip too far ahead here. At what point, In your young playing career, did you decide, "Hey, this is something that I really want to to chase"? I mean, did you make that decision right away, or did you think about it for a bit before? Well,
1: actually, you know, you know what happened? Like, I think when I was around fourteen or fifteen, to to about sixteen, I stopped playing. Oh
0: wow! And and I got
1: into like I, I started going to like raves and stuff, and hanging out with like my, you know, we started doing all these other things. And I kind of just was just like, I kind of just didn't play for a little bit. And I think it was maybe like a year or, or two years. And then I remember going into like a guitar center or something with my friend. And he was like, play something, you know? And I sat down <laughs> at the drums and I could I could barely play anything. You know what I mean? Like I, I remember being like, oh my God, you know? I can't believe I, I don't know really how to, I, you know that I I lost how you know how to play kind yeah. of and then I remember that being like really monumental and the feeling I had <laughs> and then I just started playing again and I got together with friends and we were jamming and and um you know where where I grew up out here, it's really, you know, especially 20 years ago, you know, it's it's a small town, you know. There's not really music venues, you know, there's not, it's like more bars and things like that. Yeah. But it's, you know, and we're also two hours out of the city. Right. You know. So I had visited my sister in L.A. like when I was about seven, I think I might have been like 18, right? I think I was about 18. I visited my sister out in L.A., she lived in Venice, and then I was just like, I'm gonna move out here. You know, it's just like, cause nothing was really, I was trying to like play with my friends and get something happening, and I just, it's difficult. You know, anybody that's tried to start a band knows, you know, knows that road and knows that feeling, you know, it's, it's a rough one, you know? Trying yeah. to get people committed and, you know, on the same page as you and wanted as much as you do, you know? And I just couldn't get that here on, on, you know, out in Matatuck. And I had, I took my sister up on the offer and I moved out there Okay. and that was about in 1998. I think I moved out there.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, and you know, that was, you know, I, and we talk about this on the show, but that was a period of time where kind of the rock scene had, had actually died down in LA a bit. Yes. You, yeah. you know, like the, the mid-90s, you know, kind of after the grunge movement of the early 90s, the rock scene was, you know, waning, I, I guess you would say, in L.A. Oh, yeah, definitely,
1: definitely. So,
0: so I'm sure when you got there and started, you know, trying to, you know, put the band together, as you say, you know, it, it's real hard in a place like L.A. because you can... You know, you can throw the music
1: a, connection, man. We were we would get the music connection and go in the back of the classifieds, yeah, and just start calling numbers, bro. <laughs> oh man, yeah,
0: man, and it's it's hard when you're the new guy in a big place oh. like L.A. or Nashville or, or Austin or Seattle or any of these big cities that are known for music, because it, you know you can throw a rock and hit a great player anywhere in oh, town, totally.
1: <laughs> Oh, my God. I know. They're everywhere.
0: You know, so, um, so I mean, what was that like? I mean, I, I know what your first kind of break was, and, and I'm not going to steal your thunder on that, but, you know, this was the era, you know, before really you know, I guess the internet was a thing in the late nineties, but it wasn't like you you couldn't just jump on Facebook and put a post up and then have, you know, 300 responses. You were, you were doing it in the classified ads. Really?
1: Totally. Yeah. And it's like, it's, you know, especially you had to move, you had to move to go play places like that. Now it's like, you know, with the in, you know internet, you can just post videos of yourself playing, you know? Right. And people are like, Whoa, this guy's awesome. You know, but it's, <laughs> it, it was a whole nother world.
0: Yeah. It, it really it was. It a was. whole nother world then. It, it really was. And, and, you know, I, I think some of my younger listeners to, to the podcast, they, they just don't have any idea because it, it's always been at, at your fingertips to find anything yeah. or anybody, you know, but when, yeah. I, when I was coming up, there was no YouTube to figure out, you know, that, that, you know, opening fill in a song. You, you had to listen to the oh, record. I know we
1: talk about, <laughs> I know we talk about that all the time, you, you know, I mean, about having a listing, listening for things and, you know, and, and playing it that way, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Instead of
1: watching. You know, instead of watching and learning, you know, learning of, oh, there it is right there. Right. You know, we were like, oh, you know, playing it wrong and then figure it out the right way. And right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, man.
0: It was was a different time. So so I'm assuming once you got to L.A., you started kind of throwing your your hat in the ring, so to speak. Um, How long did it take for you to get some traction?
1: Uh, well, I mean, like, there's so many people there trying to play. So getting to play is pretty, you can get playing pretty fast, you know? So it was, it was like, I was just, I just started calling those numbers in there and, you know, going and I, I remember I didn't even have my drums there yet. I had like a, I had brought my snare, my pedals and like, I was, like, using my pedal against my snare drum case, (laughs) like, for real. And then, like, playing my snare at this one, I remember at this one audition thing-ish thing, I remember doing that. I just had, like, my ride, my hi-hats, and, like, snare, and then my pedal hooked to my snare drum case. Um, You know, and I just started calling those things, and you know, man, it's that's that in itself. It's like you're just it's like weaving through like all of these different bands and what they want to do, and it was crazy, you know. And then going, but the you know what also you know what was good was going to like open jams. I started going to those. I started finding out where they were. Yeah. And then like going to those and just kind of showing up and trying to get in there to play really.
0: Yeah, for sure. It was
1: crazy too, because I didn't know anybody, man. So moving to LA by myself was, was crazy. I didn't, you know, I came from a small town, you know, 3000 miles away, you know? So when I got there, I didn't, my sister lived there, but she lived in Venice and I moved to Silver Lake, okay, which is like kind of downtown ish, but like off the, off the Sunset Boulevard. And so like, I didn't have a car. So she was like, she might as well have been in another state, you know, because I couldn't even I couldn't even go hang out with her, really. So it was it was it was it was definitely um, an interesting time and a growing time, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, as I mean, that, if, if there's any city on the face of the planet more tied to their Cars than L.A. I don't know what it uh, is, you know. I know. And if you don't have a car, you need you, that. Yeah, yeah.
1: You, you need a car there. You, you need, know,
0: need a car to do anything in in SoCal. Yeah.
1: So so I got lucky, dude. I got lucky with a lot of cool people that were willing to like come pick me up and put their drums in the back of their car or whatever they did. You know, it yeah. was it was yeah. Well, yeah, I, it so, was cool.
0: So I know you hooked up with with some folks and you know kind of your first big break was with in this moment and you know yeah that band is such a cool story because you know that band was really early adopters of you know what we had available as social media at that time which was myspace you know yeah And, and you guys basically built a following uh through myspace but You know, I I think there was a former member of Five Finger Death Punch in the band. Um, You know, correct me when I get this wrong, because I'm sure I will. But, you know, you guys really built a following and, and did some great work during that time.
1: Well, thank God for that thing, man, for MySpace, because, yeah, we were just, I remember Chris just <laughs> just sitting there and adding and adding and adding and adding all day and night for days, you know, days into weeks into months, just doing that. And then, um, remember, do you remember how it used to rank the bands, though? It would rank unsigned to, to, to uh, major label to indie. Yes. you remember that? Yes, I do. That was really cool, man. That's how we got, that's how, that's how we got, uh, kind of like seen by Blasco was that way. Cause he was going, Oh, who's this band that's like ranking up here and like, you know, in this top, in the top five, you know, Yeah. <clears throat> like with all these other bands. And that's how he kind of, he kind of got, he noticed it through there. So, but yeah, but MySpace, you know, that, that was how we got our beginning really. Well, and then and then we went and then we started touring kind of off of that the basis of like our fan base was kind of like on the west coast from like uh where it started you know kind of California down to Texas and we're just bang we just dude we just did that consistently
0: Yeah well and you mentioned Blasco in there and you know that's that's pretty huge because when you get you know a, a guy a producer of that caliber that's that's you know <laughs> Starting to call you up and and talking to you, you know you you get pretty excited, you know when you're in indie band, oh, yeah. you know and and that, I mean I think that working with him kind of put you guys on the map, you know for like for real. It, does that make sense?
1: Oh oh, without a doubt. Well, he you know man, meeting him that's when everything just started to open up, you know because it was it was because he you know he was he is mercenary management and he can you know. I mean, he got us on our like we had already done some tours, like I just said we were doing that little you know we would, we would go from California to Texas and you know back and back and forth from there, but you know he he was just like so like so crucial in everything, you know, because of the the fact that when he got involved, all of a sudden, like it just felt like now that I'm thinking about it, it just it came everything came fast, man yeah you know like we were we first we, we started touring with power man 5000 and then we were on like a Megadeth tour then we were on tour with ozzy you know and that's actually when i met zach okay was on that tour in okay. 2007.
0: okay well it, I, you yep. know growing up as a black sabbath fan going on tour with ozzy i mean you you had uh, you had to be like your head must have been spinning around right
1: Dude, it was crazy. I had my childhood buddy, who I grew up playing with, on on that tour with us. That so we grew up like watching all the Ozzy shit. You know what I mean? We loved Black Sabbath, and so for like us, it was just insane. We were just like, <laughs> "Can you believe we're actually on this tour right now?" You know, it was it was amazing, dude. It was so amazing.
0: I mean, I, I can only imagine. You know, and and I, look. <laughs> When you get to do something like that, I mean, it, that is—it's so affirming, right? You're, you're like, "Wow, I, I'm really a professional musician now." You know, when stuff like that happens, like you, I'm not saying you weren't a professional before that, but what I'm saying is—no, is, no, no,
1: I, I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Totally. Like, I feel like I'm like I feel like because I feel like I'm looking back more at it now. And, like, really going, like, holy cow. Yeah. Like, I can't even believe it, you yeah. know? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's just one of those Cinderella kind of stories, you know? I mean, I, I know, like, you know, I've played in bands and we've done, you know, festivals, you know, like playing with Peter Frampton, for example. I was like,
1: yeah holy shit, man,
0: we're playing with Peter Frampton
1: like you know, a fucking humble pie. Right, exactly.
0: You know, so Hell yeah, you, dude. Totally. You're like, I must be a professional now. So <laughs> So yeah. But uh oh well, so I mean, you know, obviously that band ran its course and you guys put out some great music. And and I'm not trying to gloss any of that stuff over, but You know, at some point you made the decision, I think you had just finished a a tour with within this moment and you got a call from James Durbin, who had, I I guess, just finished up his run on American Idol and was putting together a band and going on tour and and, you know, I mean, he was, like, the hottest thing in hard rock there for a hot minute because he was the only, you know, he was the the only new guy getting any attention in the world of hard rock, you know?
1: Totally. And then he was bringing, you know, he brought Priest on the show. He brought Zach on the show. Yeah. You know? He, so, yeah, he was, you know, people were digging him. And plus that he had, you know, he had a good message and he was, you know... He was all for the kids and, you know, he had a good heart, you know, for sure. Yeah,
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I know you did a lot of work with him and um, I I was going to ask the question. It, It didn't dawn on me that you guys had toured with Ozzy you know, in this moment had toured with Ozzy and that's how you met Zach. I knew that James had Zach on American Idol with him.
1: Yeah. And and I wondered if
0: maybe that was the connection to Zach, but you kind of. No,
1: no, it wasn't at all. It wasn't at all.
0: Okay. So it was,
1: yeah, no, I knew, I knew I met him back in
0: 2007.
1: Okay. And then in 2012, I filled in.
0: Oh, okay. So, so oh, that's, yeah, that's I, right. Okay. Okay. I'm remembering now. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So in 2012, then that's when Blasco called me and I was actually in Nashville working on James Durbin's record with James Michael from 6am.
0: Okay. All
1: right. So that's, that's the 6am connection too, because I played on the modern vintage record.
0: That's right. With
1: them, and that's how I met uh, them is through James Michael working on Durbin's record.
0: Okay. Okay. So it, it, yeah. I kind of connected so the was, dots in my head
1: just yeah, now. So, exactly. Exactly. So then I, so then they, so then I was there and I got call, you know, and then Blasco had called and said, Hey, you know, you want to go fill in for black labor? I was like, hell yeah. You know. <laughs> and then, um, and then, you know, in the next few days I was flying there. I was flying to uh, Newfoundland and, uh, we were going to, uh, yeah. And that was it. I rehearsed with it we rehearsed the before the show like the day before the show and um in the in the arena in the hockey arena and then we played
0: wow man yeah now, now if and it was like if that isn't like a, a a ringing endorsement of why you should always take sub gigs very seriously
1: <laughs> right yeah and also and also even if you're scared to death say yes
0: <laughs> right man because- like even if
1: you even if you're shitting, just do it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so great. So seriously,
0: so you literally rehearsed and then played an arena gig with Black Label Society as a sub and. Yeah, you, you know, I, I'm assuming you and Zach have quite a bit in common because Zach's originally like a New Jersey guy, right? I mean,
1: oh yeah, and so is JD, r- right? So I mean, yeah, and, and then it, the, all of them are really a lot. You know, most of them, everybody on the crew too, is East Coast. Not all of them, but you know, a lot. There's a lot of East Coasters on there. I got you, especially at that moment. There was even more.
0: Okay. So, yeah. so essentially you subbed that gig for a few months, I, I think. And no,
1: I sub, yeah, I sub, I subbed it in, in for, for the Canadian and then South American part. I think it was like about a month.
0: Okay. And I guess, yeah. Was Chad the, the permanent member at that Chad, point? Chad, yeah. Okay. Chad,
1: Chad was drumming at the time and I love him and he's my buddy and I, I love him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, and, um, and he's phenomenal, he's phenomenal, you know, drummer. And, um, in person too, you know, good dude, man. I love that guy. Um, but yeah, so he, so he, I just, I filled in and that was that. And then when I got off of that, I ended up going to filter and I played in filter for a little while.
0: Yeah. So I, I I saw that and you know, I don't know how that escaped me, but you know, that was when filter was really hitting on all eight cylinders too. So
1: that's when, um, that's when, uh, the, the one record came out with, um, Hey, Hey, what do you say? Anyway, whatever. I, I think I, I forgot the name of the album, but it was rad. It was a good album. Yeah. So that was right around that time with the, uh, with filter. Okay. And that was, and so I, so I went and played with, you know, I went cause I think, yeah, cause I came back and then we were kind of, I was, I did a few things with James and then, and then I had met Richard Patrick when I was in In This Moment because we toured with Filter. Okay. So we became friends, and then he, you know, we every once in a while we'd be texting or whatever, and then one time he texted me, and he was like, hey, you know any drummers? I was like, well, I, admit I am. I'm a drummer, you know? <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm looking for a drummer. And I was like, cool. I want to be a drummer, you know? So um, I ended up, yeah, going and playing with them, which was awesome, you know? Yeah, and did some like a bunch of festivals and australia with them and and uh it was such a good time and then um after about that that's about two years you know between those two things and then Chad had left yeah black label and then and then they were like hey you know that was 2014 they were like hey do you want to you know you join the band and then um that was it. So since two, you know, 2014, you know, we've been we've been torn and torn and torn, man. <laughs> it's yeah. Been amazing. It's been amazing, dude. And such an amazing dude too. I love them. You know, they're the best. So it's just like it's great. I love like playing with them and torn with them and hanging with them. It's it's a good time.
0: So I, I, all right. So I, I've got to ask. I mean, wh- what must it be like? And you can answer this because you were there, right? What is it like when somebody like Zach Wild calls you up and says, "Hey, man, uh, do you want to join Black Label Society?" I mean, what I, I, what is that phone call like? I mean, seriously, because that's it, that that changes your life immediately.
1: Yeah. Yes. Actually, when I went to fill in, I had it. I had uh, him on my answering on like my messages, saying like, "Hey, this is Zach. Wow, bro, I just wanted to know if you wanted to come roll with Black Label." <laughs> you know what I mean? And I saved that fucking, I saved that message forever. And I, for some reason, I lost it, and I wish I never did. But yeah, it's dude, it's it's like one of those things you dream about. You know, that's why you never give up.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Well, and look. For, and- I know, you. you know? I know you paid a, a, a metric ton of dues over the years, but like that call, you know, again, it changes your life because yes. now you are, you know, national headlining act everywhere you go. Everything is going to be first class. You know, it's, it, you know, you, you have a tech now. I mean, it just really changes everything for you as a professional musician. Um, yes. You know, and and I, I'm guessing, you know, just knowing what I know about you, Jeff, you, you don't take any of that stuff for granted.
1: <laughs> Hell no, dude. No, no, no. <laughs> so, you can't. You know why? You know why? You know why? Because in a heartbeat, it can change.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man.
1: You know? I mean, in honesty, you know, I mean, it really, it's, it can, you know, so it's like, it's like, you gotta just be grateful, man. That's it. You gotta stay grateful, man, and be humble and be cool. And that's it.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, we've said this on this show a million and a half times, you know, your drumming is, you know, that's one thing. And you've got to be good to, to roll in the circles that you've rolled in over the years. I mean, you, you have to be a good drummer. But that's only part of it. It's about the hang and about being trapped on the metal tube for 20 hours a day riding to the next gig.
1: It's Dude, it's yes.
0: You know, so if, if you're the best drummer in the world, but you're a dickhead, you're not going to work. Dude. You're just not going to work
1: you you have you said it right there, that is it, you know? Because it, it really is like you listen, man, as long as you can play the song, really, as long as you can play the song, that's good. that's good enough. So it's like just because you can play all this other stuff, that's great, but all that's needed is to really just play that song right, you know, yeah, so they you know you you know you, someone is, would much rather have the cooler person of those two. Be playing that song, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if you're
1: the guy that's annoying and you know and a kind of a douche, but and you can play all this stuff, they're going to pick the other guy.
0: A hundred percent of because,
1: the time. Yeah, because nobody wants to live with that. Nobody wants to live with somebody like that. Yeah, you're, you, you are essentially you. That's what you're doing. You're living with everybody.
0: Well, I, I mean, we've said this—I don't know how many times—but you know, you're, you're married to you know, however many people are in your band, whether it's four other guys, five other guys, you know, three other guys. It, it's a marriage, and then you add all the crew guys that you have to live with every day. You know, if oh yeah, you know, you've yeah. got a touring party of forty people or something like that, you got to get along with thirty-nine other people every day. Yeah, there's
1: a lot. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, um, and that's one good thing about, that's one good thing about everybody, you know, in our crew, everybody is awesome. Everybody rolls and does their, does their part and doesn't complain, really, you know, so it's, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good fit. And yes, it's a lot of personalities. Right. So the thing is, don't be another asshole personality. (laughs) 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 You know what I'm saying? Don't add to that. Right on. (laughs) Right on. Don't add to it.
0: Well, and, and you know, I just have to assume that that Zach runs the, you know, the the operation like, you know, like I a, 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 I don't know a motorcycle well
1: like a well like oil, oiled machine.
0: <laughs> you know, you you probably don't want to have the justice of Zach Wild coming down on you. That's that's all I'm saying.
1: Okay. So. Buford D Justice, the hammer
0: of truth. <laughs> so <laughs> funny, man. So funny. Well, so uh, let me ask you this: You know, you you've been playing yes. with with Black Label since you know full time since fourteen. Zach is a very um, prolific songwriter, is how I'll say it. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those dudes that that you may show up to sound check and he's like, "Hey, I've got a new tune. We're playing it tonight." I mean, that, that could happen with a guy like him because he writes all the time. W- were you nervous when you went into those first, you know, kind of, hey, let's, let's see how the new guy, <laughs> you know, comes along on the new material? D- did you have any trepidation about that at all?
1: Meaning like when I was filling in?
0: Uh, no, no, no. I mean, like w- after you joined the band, when it came time to write, with the band like you know hey oh, and
1: like and go in the studio and record y-
0: yeah so like what what's the new guy gonna come up with as far as his drum parts did you uh, did you have any nervousness about that at all
1: um uh, not really not really because i'm just i just go in there and just listen to the damn guitar track you know what i mean listen to what he's playing and try to just play his compliment it right i mean that's it yeah you know and, and, um, and then like, he, he obviously has tons of ideas too, you know? And then JD's in there too. And he's, he's a genius. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's really awesome to work with them because I like that. I want to be like, yo, check this out. What do you think about this? No, what do you got? You know, there'll be, if he, 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 a lot of the times Zach has ideas too. He's got an idea, a skeleton idea of kind of what he, a vibe he wants. Right. So it's, you know, it's really, it's, it's awesome recording with them was awesome i mean, I guess i was probably a little i might have been thinking that maybe for a little bit but you know man i mean after 10 you know you walk in you start hanging out with everybody those that's out the door yeah you know it's like it's not it's pretty lax, dude everybody's chill yeah well you know? no, yeah. no but nobody's over analyzing anything
0: so so you're but telling me so you're telling me you guys aren't doing steely dan records is that what you're saying
1: Well, you know, maybe a little, (laughs) Uh. (laughs) but yeah, you know, I mean, it's so, so it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty lax. And like you said, you know, it's like, Hey, and and another thing, there you go. Right. When you say, you know, don't be a dick. If somebody has not like, if they don't want to, they don't want you to play on the fucking ride symbol or something like, don't do it. (laughs) You know, you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yes, I like, do. you know what? It doesn't really matter that much. You know, like like your drum parts, right? Like, it's like, yes. I know, like, a lot of people, you know, like, it's like, yeah, I would really like to have that on that song or this, that. But you know what, man? It doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah. Well. You know? Yeah. So
1: a lot of the time, a lot of the time with, I, I don't mean that in, like, in the sense of, like, Neil Peart or somebody like that. I'm talking about, like, as far as, you know given give you know don't be a dick in a situation yeah right yeah. that's what i mean like if like if you even if you, you you know you really your heart's in it you feel like no i want this you know in there it's like it's not even worth it
0: for the, for the, for the lick is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, and look, man, you know, I, I I've known guys that have worked themselves out of good gigs <laughs> because they couldn't just play four on the floor or, you, right, you, know, right, you know what I'm saying? Like right. you don't, Yeah. yeah. You don't have to be a burner all the time, you know, just, right. just, just groove, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, so I know that you guys have been doing a lot of recording during, uh, you know, our our pandemic, you know, no touring for the past year. Y- you've had some different stuff going on, but I know that you've been traveling out to L.A. quite a bit and doing some recording with Zach out there. I, I'm yeah. assuming you guys probably have a record in the can just waiting to put it out into the world.
1: Yeah, it's, there's, there was a lot of songs being written up there. Lots of songs. Okay, so that should you know that I mean, as far as when that is coming out, I don't even know. But I know that uh, there was a lot of songs being written over there at the Black Vatican. Okay. Uh
0: (laughs) Well, and and that makes sense because again, you know, I I don't think Zach just you know said okay, well, screw it, you know, I'm going to take a year off. I mean, he he's a guy that has to have. No, he
1: no, he got he got like fucking inspired, man. He was inspired. My man was going. Yeah. So it was, yeah, he was writing a bunch of songs. So we were going and recording them. So yeah. So when I guess when it is time for a new black label, there'll be a lot of cool stuff.
0: Well, I mean, we're, we're all looking forward to that. And I know that, you know, you guys probably have some festival appearances later in the summer. I don't know exactly, but um, are you guys starting to book some stuff and, and get ready to fire the machine back up as well? That's
1: what I'm hearing, man. I'm hearing. I don't have any definite dates or anything like that, or where, where you know where we're playing. But you know, I think you know, the, the, I think I heard something about Sturges. Okay. And um, and some you know some fly date stuff in August. So I'm stoked. I can't wait. Cool, I'm dying, man. bro. I can't wait to go out and see see everybody. You know, yeah, and man. Just see all the people and man, be like, I just have a good time.
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean,
1: I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I cannot wait. I,
0: I think when you take that away, you know, when that's been your life for so long, and everybody just slams the brakes on, and it's like no more touring. You you can't go do it you either have to switch gears and figure out some way to keep yourself busy or you will go insane, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, totally.
0: So, um, totally. You said something in there and I, I, if you're cool with this, I'm going (laughs) to have you be a a guinea pig for the drum shuffle. If you don't mind, you mentioned, you mentioned fly dates and you know, we, we, we haven't really scratched the surface on what a fly date is on this show. And, you know, I, I get questions like this via email and they're like, what is a fly date? What does that mean? And and essentially it means that you get on an airplane, you fly to wherever you're playing, you show up, the gear is there, you play, you get back on your airplane and fly home. Um, it's not your normal touring production most of the time.
1: No. So yeah, correct.
0: So you're having to send an equipment rider out and say, here's the drums I want. Here's the cymbals I I need to to pull off the show. Um, Talk to us a little bit about how that process works.
1: Well, like you said, basically that's it. You know, you're flying in. A lot of the time it's the festivals or some kind of festival. So you're flying in and the crew had already, will already, you know, they'll go straight to the stage, start setting up everything, you know, backstage, getting everything ready. And basically, it's really kind of throw and go. You know, I mean, it's, it's it. I mean, it, I guess it all depends what kind of fly date you're doing. I, I mean, it's something like a fly date festival. You don't really have much time to get stuff right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of fucking shit can happen. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. A lot, you know. You could definitely, uh, you know, like if, you know, monitor shit. You know, you're not having you know the right stuff in your ears, or you know, whatever you're doing. You know, like those are the times that that shit seems to happen on those throw and go shows, like that. You know. Yeah. So it can be it can be a little testing as far as that. But, um, yeah, it's kind of like that. And, you know, you're not playing on your gear, you know. See, I got used to that early on, though, because when, like, in this moment we go out on tours and we'd be playing with, like, Kitty. I remember touring with Kitty and doing some tours like that. And, you know, the stages would be so small. They would just be like, hey, to the opening bands, can you guys play on this kit? (laughs) You know, so I did so much of that that... It, I get that really helped me, I guess, you know, cause I, I it made me just not really, I didn't need for everything to be perfect all the time. Like my symbols to be a certain height or, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do. And, and, well, and you, you just have to be adaptable, you know? I mean, totally, it, it, it's, I, you know, I mean, I've done backline gigs, you know, where you show up and, and the backline kit is just thrashed and oh, trashed destroyed. and, and, you know, the, the heads are all just, you know, dished out. And I, I mean, it's a nightmare scenario, but you just got to deal. That's it. You know, you just got to get up there and play. That's what you're getting paid to do. So, you know, get up there and play, right. Don't get
1: up there and play. And don't be an asshole.
0: Right. Don't, don't complain about the broken (laughs) symbols. Just, just hit them. You know,
1: (laughs) just be grateful as hell you're up there hitting those fucking things.
0: That's exactly right. So, well, I appreciate you uh, talking us through that. You know, I, I get questions about stuff like that, and I try to explain it. I thought maybe you might uh, help us, you know, talk about the the beauty of a fly date. Those are those are fun dates, actually, because you get to sleep in your own bed most of the time, right?
1: Um. Well, just, yes. As far as sleeping in your own bed is the bus being your own bed, I guess. If you're on <laughs> tour and you're doing fly dates, sometimes that can be brutal, though. You know, because you're, you know, you got to go to the airport then you're trooping to the airports and then, you know what I mean? It's, you know, yeah. I guess it all depends if you're doing fly dates in Europe too. Cause I can, you know, yeah, it can be brutal if you're tired. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah It yeah. can be brutal, you know, but, yeah. but it's, you know what, man, it's all, it's all a, a, an amazing experience. You know, it's the best, you know what I mean? But yeah, so I guess they, you know, as far as the fly dates though, like we were just talking about, like, just playing on all kinds of weird gear, shit going wrong, and just getting through it.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, it's, I, I mean, that's... Not just...
1: all the time, you know, not all the time, but yeah, a lot of the time it is, right? And like you said before, it's like you said adapt. It, it immediately it made, brought us back to what we were saying earlier to adapt. Yeah. In all of it. And then you can keep your gig because <laughs> that's, you're just adapting to the situation. You're not you're not going against it, you know?
0: Right. Well, it, and at Be
1: the, cool. end, at, Be the
0: cool. at the end of the day, that's the goal is to keep your gig. I mean, you know. Dude,
1: <laughs> adapt. Right. <laughs> For so, real.
0: Oh, so that's, funny. You
1: nailed it. With, you nailed it with that, bro.
0: Well, I yeah, I don't know about I don't know about all that, but you know, I do know that I hear from a lot of guys and girls that are like, you know, I showed up for this backline gig and man, the drums were garbage. And like, I yeah. threw a fit. I was like, well, that, did that help you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. throwing a fit. Isn't going to manifest a brand new drum set on that stage. Right. All you're doing is yelling at some cat that, you know, that rented out his kit for 200 bucks for the weekend that's all you're doing yeah. right, is just being mean yeah. to that guy, you know? So,
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly. So just get used to it now yeah, and play right. on it as best as you can. That's right. You know,
0: that's right. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I've had kits that literally like, you know, the, the, the hoops were held on with coat hangers from dry cleaning. Oh, totally. You, you know I mean? So totally. you, you just see all kinds of stuff out there, but, uh, all right, so I'm going to switch gears on you a little bit here, Jeff, because um, we, cool. we got to get to this. Talk to me about being a farmer for the past few months, okay? So
1: this is Let just- Let me tell you something. This is just a great story. <laughs> It'll make story. you appreciate music like you have no idea. <laughs> It'll beat you into submission, make you get on your knees and start crying, begging for mercy.
0: Oh, uh, so you took up farming during the pandemic. What, what the hell is well, that about? Well,
1: well, I can't say I took it up. My brother owns a farm and uh, he has a, you know, another a business on top of that. So he's like really, really busy. He's got a lot of guys working for him. So I was helping. I've just been kind of helping on his farm. He's got an organic farm out here on the eastern end of Long Island in Kutchok. And um, man, I'm telling you, I love it. I really do love doing the work because it's great. You know, he's got he's got some chickens out there. He's got some ducks. You know, he's got some uh, organic vegetables. It's an organic farm, so it's all organic grown stuff. So he's got vegetables and tomatoes. He, and he also grows CBD. Okay. So, so I was helping him harvest all that CBD, and that is a lot of work. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of work, man. So, so i been, but it was cool. It was a different. It was a different process, you know learning how to do all that and and um so I have just been kinda of, since September pretty much just kinda of helping him do that on this time off. All, you know, obviously listening to music and, and shedding and playing guitar too and you know, I also I think that's such a good thing for any drummer too, is just to also know how to play something else. Yeah. I think that's a good that's a good thing. Yeah man. You know? Yeah, for sure. I learned how to play guitar. I learned how to play guitar later on. You know, now, now I kind of know how to play. But um, it's just, it also, made, you know, because it makes, when you're playing, like, you think about that more like, oh, yeah, we, I wouldn't, I don't want to play on this, you know, this lick, you know, this way. I don't want to play on top of this lick this way. Yeah. You know, because, I don't know, for me, anyway, it kind of really opened my ears a lot to that, a little more, probably, maybe, than before.
0: <clears throat> well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's when you're writing or, or composing, it's all a big puzzle. Like, how do the yeah, how do the pieces fit together? How, how am I going to fit into this overarching thing? Right? Yeah. So when you have that ability to to play, you know, piano or guitar or bass or whatever, you, you kind of understand. Because, look, man, you're playing with Zach Wild. He's going to come out with some riffs, and, and you don't want to squash some great lick that he's playing with a fill that doesn't fit.
1: Right. He'll turn around and bash you over the head with his guitar.
0: <laughs> Les Paul to the left temple. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right over the top of the head knock you into the ground a few inches
0: <laughs> that's so funny
1: man oh man oh. you feel the wrath of con
0: yeah man and and zach's <laughs> much not- like
1: farming that's yeah. a much that's like a much much like farming moment you
0: know yeah, yeah. well zach's not a little dude either <laughs> i mean I, you know the first 12 years of my life man i was on a dairy farm in kentucky and I'm telling you, you
1: know what I'm talking about, dude, you I, know what I'm talking about.
0: I, I do. And you, like, there's not a day off from farming. There is no, no, there no. Is no, no sick day, no vacation day. No, no I'm going to lay on the couch no. today. There's none of that.
1: No. And it's, uh, and especially if you have animals too, like chickens or anything like that, it's yeah. just, you're, you're, it's an everyday thing
0: it is man and well more power to you but i i'm gonna go out on a limb and say you're not trading in your drumsticks for uh shovels in the-
1: <laughs> no definitely not so if good. anything but but you know what though man again you know it just makes me appreciate it even more you know yeah and uh like really does and just being so humbled and grateful for everything really in my life it's uh I'm sure a lot of people have gone through some things, you know, in this COVID time. You know, it was a strange time for a lot of people, you know, thinking, thinking, wow, is this ever going to come back again? I know. I know. Really, I mean, man? I mean, like, really, you know, like, wow, are we going to recover from this? Like, well, it's crazy. I,
0: I mean, there's, I, you know, I mean, I still have personal worries. You know, I'm certainly not playing on the level that you are. You know, I'm I'm still you know a, a local guy, right? But I, I mean, I just think about my brothers and sisters in the industry, and it's not just the players, like the the lighting techs and the oh r- yeah, and the riggers totally. and the monitor engineers. I mean, there's so many of those folks right now that are like, you know, working a job at Home Depot or you know driving Uber Eats or or whatever the case may be, and they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when does my job come back? you know, and we got to do it right because what we don't want to have happen is everybody go back to work for six weeks and then everything's shut down again. That would suck even worse, I think.
1: Totally. I, I agree.
0: So, I mean, if we do it the right way and, you know, it looks like the sun is going to rise again right now, you know, I yeah. just I just think next year is going to be the year of the live show. You know, if this year is the year of the record, next year will be the the year of the live show because everybody, totally. everybody's putting out a record this year because everybody recorded yeah. last year, you know? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I just, you know, I, I, I just, I want to do it the right way for our industry so everybody can get back to work and doing what they love.
1: I know. Me too, man. Me too. So yeah.
0: Speaking of all that good stuff, man, talk to me about this vinyl box set. Let's let's plug that real quick before, you know, I want to be respectful of your time, but t- tell me about oh, right, the cool. the big box set that that you guys have out.
1: Yeah, it's it's a uh, no more uh, no more black box set. It's it's awesome. It's all the vinyls um and then like some cool stuff, some special stuff along with it. Like there's a cool booklet with a bunch of great photos in it. It's really awesome. Uh, I love it. It's like all the vinyl. So if you're a vinyl fan, you're gonna totally love it. Okay. Brad.
0: Cool, man. So when did that yeah. hit the street? It, it was pretty recent, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just in the last few weeks.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. So you guys be looking for that? Um, yeah.
1: So, society dot com. You know, you can get all the, all the information there. Absolutely, um, and then if you're looking for the CBD products, you can go to OregonRoadOrganics.com. <laughs> good, yeah.
0: Let's do that, man. Let's... Hey,
1: because the CBD is good for the aches and pains in the joints.
0: Yes, it is for sure. And yeah. and if you yeah, pur- and if you purchase it from that company, Jeff Fab quite possibly had a hand in making it and getting it into your hands.
1: I probably trimmed it for you. <laughs>
0: That's so awesome,
1: man. <laughs> Jeff, totally.
0: Jeff Fab, Long Island farmer. I love it, man. That's so good.
1: Rock and farmer.
0: So good. All right, brother. Well, well, listen, man, like I said, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, You know, yep. this has been such a cool hang. We've got to have you yep. back when the record drops so that we can go through cool. the record and talk about it. But you're welcome on this Love show anytime. It. This has been awesome.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, but, I had uh, such a blast, man. Thanks for having me, dude.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. So as is our tradition, the whole interview has been great. Been lots of great advice in here. But we always ask our guests for a good piece of advice. Like for all the drummers, the guys and girls listening, if you could boil down everything into a good piece of advice, what would you say?
1: Don't be an asshole. <laughs>
0: That's perfect. (laughs) Perfect. But it's so true, man. I mean, you know, I I mean, we'll we'll expound on it a little bit. You, you didn't get, you didn't get where you're at because you were hard to work with. Right. You know, um, being adaptable, being nice, being cool to hang with. Those are all so, so important. and, so, important. You, so said, important. you said something that, that I just want to re-highlight again, okay? And that is all you have to do is play the song. That's really all you got to do. Right. And if you can play the song and be cool to hang out with, you're going to work more than somebody that overplays the song and isn't so cool to hang out with.
1: Totally. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's all great advice. Um, Yeah. Brother, let's get you back on here when you guys, you know, obviously I don't want to bug you while you're out on the road, but when you guys announce like a full tour for the fall or whatever you're doing, let me know. We'll have you back on. We'll talk about the record. We'll talk about the tour and we'll catch up, man. We'll see how the farming's coming.
1: Jamie, I want to do it. Definitely.
0: <laughs> All right, brother. Well, listen, man, thanks so much for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. And and we'll do it again real soon, man.
1: Hey, without a doubt. And listen, man, if you ever got a little irking for farming, you know, and you want to do some farming, you can come out here. <laughs> you know, we got plenty of work. <laughs> man. If you,
0: if you don't have at least like 50 cows that need to be milked twice a day, I don't know that I would know what to do, to be honest with you. <laughs> Like that's that's all I yeah, knew was milking the cows. That, man.
1: Is, that is so awesome, dude. That's great. I I'll, love it.
0: I'll tell you this, man. The worst day of drumming is better than the best day of dairy farming. That's all I gotta oh, say. Oh
1: man, I gotta I gotta agree with you on that too, bro. I have to agree. <laughs> so <laughs> that's too funny, brother.
0: All right. Jeff, man, thanks again for your time. We'll talk to you real soon, brother.
1: All right, Jamie. Talk to you soon. All right.
0: All right, guys and girls, that's going to wrap up episode number 130 of the Drum Shuffle podcast. As always, thanks so much for tuning in. We simply cannot do this without each and every one of you doing so week in and week out. Many thanks to Jeff Fab for taking time out of his schedule to come on the show and talk with us. We super enjoyed having him. Uh, We've got a lot of great interviews coming up before we go on our traditional summer break. Uh, next week, I'm going to be joined by the great Tom Van Skyke from Robert Earl Keen's band, uh, another superhuman being uh, that is, you know, I just know you're going to get a ton out of that. So make sure you hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you use to listen to the podcast. The biggest thing you can do to help us out, share a link with a friend. Tell somebody you know about the show. It helps us to continue to grow as a small and fiercely independent podcast. Uh, Thank you guys so much. As a reminder, we answer every single email that we get here at the podcast. The the email address for you is thedrumshufflepodcast at gmail.com. Our web address is thedrumshuffle.com. And you can find more information about me over at jamieeds.com. Again, go see a live show. That's your homework assignment for this week. Go see a live band before it all goes away. Let's do our part. Uh, Go support the arts. Go support local music if it is safe for you to do so. So until next time, may your heads stay strong and your sticks never break. Cheers, everybody.